I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I'm your host, Rod, joined as always by my co-host, Karen. And we are live on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. in uh, fall weather, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and we are also live on a Sunday afternoon in other parts of the world, apparently because we have guests all right um now of course you can find the blackout tips everywhere you listen to podcasts right now itunes stitcher podomatic all these places uh october 26th will be exclusively on spotify so if you're listening to this now spotify 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 go join spotify download it you can still listen for free uh so you ain't got to worry about paying no extra money uh but yeah check us out over there october 26th it's gonna be you know lit it's gonna as the kids say um and then today i feel like it's a very special episode we got a couple first time guests Mm -hmm. on the show um we have angela george and i mean wait angela fobbs and adrienne george see i just literally was like let me get this right and immediately messed it up um but of democrats abroad um what first of all how are y'all doing great really great i'm so happy to be here thank you so much for letting us come on and share our message with your audience of course of course and adrienne how are you doing i'm doing great great thanks for asking so happy to be here when um angela found out we were going to be on she was like oh my god i love that podcast i listen to them all the time so thanks for making this a reality uh well we're happy you could be on um you know we normally just worry about messing up people's good reputation you know like listen you're good you're good people you're helping the earth people don't need to know you playing guess the race okay we don't want to do that um but uh can we don't <laughs> can y'all tell tell uh everyone what y'all uh what what exactly it is that you do um, well, I'm the chair of the Democrats Abroad Global Black Caucus, which Democrats Abroad is the overseas arm of the Democratic Party. It's actually an official part. In fact, in the primaries, we're considered to be the 51st or the 52nd state. So we actually have um, representation within the Democratic National Convention and uh adrian is on the dnc she's uh we have i think we have what do we have 12 members something like that eight 12 i don't know we have, we have a whole eight bunch. members we have eight members and um because we get four votes and we split them over eight yeah right so we actually have like a link into the democratic party we're not just um you may have or you may not have heard of a organization called republicans overseas mm. And um, that's just a fundraising organization and a scam, just like everything else to do with Republicans. Uh, but we actually have something to do with the policy making and the decision making within the Democratic Party, even though it's limited. But um, we a lot of our initiatives go a long way to get things done in the in the Democratic Party. If you'd like to join Democrats Abroad, please go to Democrats Abroad dot org slash join it's free it's really quick and we do a lot of things with our members we have 44 country committees throughout the world but we have members in 194 countries um it's a really great organization and 
one of the advantages of that we had over the rest of the Democrats in the United States is that when COVID hit, we were ready with um, online events because a lot of our events are already online because we have so many uh, people all over the world and we want to join together for webinars, for talks, for meetings, whatever. So we already had that kind of on lock. And I have to say, um, for the Black, the Global Black Caucus, which I'll get into in just a little bit, um, we actually led the way with a lot of the online activities because we have country committees. So people were used to meeting in their countries together. But because the Global Black Caucus is spread out throughout the world, we had been doing most of our events online all the time. So we were on the real forefront of making sure that our members got information and got a chance to come together and, you know, be a part of this whole situation. Yeah, that makes sense too. I feel like, uh, black people kind of undergird the democracy of the United States in the first place. Like it's not really a democracy until black people, uh, are making efforts to get free, right policy and stuff. And then that actually helps other people get free. Right. So it's like, Oh, now that we have this, uh, voting amendment, you know, uh, maybe everyone, Oh, now that we're talking about citizenship, maybe we should have people, everyone born here should be a citizen. And, uh, it's kind of interesting that because y'all already had to utilize the online space, you're on the forefront of that because now in this pandemic we can't really group uh we're i mean you can as we've seen on several tv i wouldn't wouldn't suggest that (laughs) i would not suggest it it's a great way to get COVID, but uh, a lot of people uh you know can't group up anymore but to have that infrastructure there where people coming to y'all like uh well how have y'all been doing this how do how do we uh copy what you've been doing so that we can uh continue to organize on our side uh yeah actually the, you know, the democratic actually party... go ahead adrian you're on a delay i was gonna say actually yeah oh sorry angela's right we are on the forefront of that but actually our our global chair our international chair did consult with a lot of the other state parties mm-hmm. about how to do digital organizing and have events online. Um, as Angela mentioned, we're primed for that because we're spread out over uh, over 190 countries. But also, because we are a global organization, we we pre-pandemic had um, in-person regional meetings, and we have three regions: Asia Pacific, Europe, Middle East, and Africa, and the Americas. And we also had a yearly global meeting. That picture I sent you was me and Angela in Tokyo at the global meeting a wow. couple of years ago, and. Not everybody can come to the global meeting. So we always had a online version, a WebEx mm. version. So I know I had bunion surgery on my foot the last time they met in D.C. And I'm from D.C. I always go to the D.C. meetings. But I had bunion surgery. I couldn't go, but I joined. I was in the room via WebEx. So, yeah, we, we're pandemic. We were pre-pandemic ready. We're um, pandemic ready. We're going to be post-pandemic ready as well. Mm. Yes. What made you want to join? Like, what is it about it was like, this is the organization that I desire to be a part of? Um, Let me just say, I I can't speak for everyone, only myself in this respect. Um, I have lived overseas for 20 years now, and I've only been a part of Democrats Abroad for the past, let's say, four years. I saw an advertisement on Facebook 
that said something about join Democrats abroad. And it was actually around 2016, like around this time of the year in 2016. So it was before the actual election. And I had already voted and everything. So, um, from abroad actually. And, um, I just thought, oh, this looks interesting. I've never heard of it. Let me find out more about it. I clicked, I joined and signed up. And then I never really thought anything about it until after Trump won the election. Mm. And um, after the election, I had seen on the on the Internet, like, oh, there's a woman's march coming up. So I was like, I want to be a part of this woman's march because I'm pissed like any woman should be about Donald Trump, Mr. You know, grab him by the, mm-hmm. and, uh, I just know. So I, I looked on their website, cause, you know, I joined and I looked on their website and lo and behold that there was a woman's march near me. There were actually, um, there were actually about six or seven of them in Germany at that time. Um, Uh, most people probably don't realize this. Everybody thinks that Europe is like this where you have all these little hamlets and there's not very many people, but there's almost 90 million people in Germany. Mm. So it's not, it's not a small place, you know? I mean, it, it might not be as big as the United States or, but we have a comparable population for the, for the amount of land that there is. Mm. And, um, so I went to one, I found one near me. And I didn't know anybody. Um, I've never been to a demonstration before or anything. So I went there. Everybody was super friendly. Everybody was really helpful. You know, we made signs and um, we went out on the march and it was great. And I felt really um, empowered and glad to be with people who felt the same way. Um, living in a foreign country can be difficult in some ways, especially there are, I don't know, there's probably close to 200,000 Americans in Germany. Um, but we're scattered about, like I said, Germany is a big place. We're not all together. I live in a relatively small town and I found out on our town's website that there's 250 Americans in the town that I live in. Mm. I have met four of them. Mm. And the and the other the other four live with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, so that's eight. I know eight Americans out of 250. So it's nice to have an organization where you can find people who have like similar concerns. It's it's not that Ameri- that Germans aren't concerned, but it's different, you know, because right. it's ours. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And what about you, Adrienne? Yeah, when I was um I was living in Brussels in 2004 and I was working at um Amcham Belgium, the American Chamber of Commerce for Belgium, and all these um people, I can't remember who they were, but non-Americans, they were asking me in November, are you going to this one night? Are you going to the carry party? Are you, aren't you going to the carry party? And I was like, what what are you talking about? They were like, it's a it's a It's an election watch party for John Kerry. I had no idea. I hadn't heard of Democrats abroad. So I go mm-hmm. to the hotel, and the line was snaked along the block. There was no way I was going to get in. It was sold out. But that was the first time I heard about Democrats abroad. So mm-hmm. like fast forward two years later, I moved to Sweden. And 
I'm in a relatively small town on the West Coast. And I said, you know, okay, I'm going to, uh, I want to join Democrats Abroad. And there wasn't a chapter here. So I was, I like to say challenged to start a chapter. So I started a local chapter, which then got rolled into like what we call the West Coast chapter. And um, that year, um, we were starting to gear up. Well, it put us in a position to gear up for 2008, where everybody wanted to be a part of Democrats wherever you were, because it was the year of Obama, right? It was the Obama phenomena. So it was really easy to get people to join. You know, we had voter registration events and Democrats abroad. I think Angela mentioned it. They have a, um, we have a global presidential primary, which means that, um, if you you choose not to vote into your your state primary for the presidential candidate, you can vote on Democrats Abroad's global primary. And then, you know, when you have the, the Democratic Convention and they go in and they say the state, you know, this state, we have this many electors for, like they said this year, um, oh, his name is on your T-shirt, Biden. Yeah, we have this many votes for Biden and we have this many votes for um, Sanders. So our votes, and as a D.C. voter, I have more power in the Democrats abroad global primary than I have in a D.C. primary. Wow. Voting for president. Um, you know, we have more weight. Because, you know, D.C. is not a state. D.C. Right. statehood. This is when I'm supposed to say D.C. statehood. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, we, you know, as part of the party that represents the estimated between two and a half to nine million, I tend to think, Jonas, I tend to think it's more to the nine million mm. um, mark. That, um, that, um, might have a power, more powerful voice. That's my husband coming in off the street on his cell phone. And I told him, I was like, I need you to be quiet. I'm going to be, but anyway, he comes in. Um, so, you know, the power of the American vote, we're going to talk a little bit more about that as well, but it's demonstrated. One of the best ways it's demonstrated is during the national convention. You know, this year it was all virtual and our chair, in the on the behind the is it the Charles Bridge, Angela in Prague got to you know say yes. out our votes. Mm. Um, That's right. So we're yeah, so we're we're like Angela said, we're scattered around Germany, we're scattered around Sweden, we're scattered scattered around the the globe, but we're united and working on um, the issues and supporting the candidates. We're the only party that helps every other state party elect candidates mm. you know from city council to senator to um sheriff or district attorney because our members territory angela and i were talking about this the other day base we have members from everywhere maybe not the mariana islands mm-hmm. but all 50 states like dc puerto rico guam you see the virgin islands micronesia yeah. Yeah, Micronesia. All so, these places we have people. So we're we're the so we we are the Democratic Party. You yeah. know, Democrats abroad is the Democratic Party. We're like the unicorns because we also at the same time we don't put up our own candidates for right. state or federal offices. Right. You know, there is no state of Democrats abroad, you know, that has. So that's our strength and that's our uniqueness. It's interesting too because um 
y'all were both kind of activated for different reasons by Mm -hmm. different presidents right like it's it's like you got the it's like the stick and the carrot right where it's just like oh obama the carrot and then uh and then trump is like the stick it's like we gotta get him out of here okay listen (laughs) it's time to get in formation okay (laughs) is we not playing no more let's let's go whatever um, it takes yeah and it's also interesting to see how things here domestically affect people over uh, abroad because i think when we we here in america we're so like myopic right we just think of only ourselves when it mm-hmm. comes to um elections and how they affect us right but clearly these things send ripples across the globe you know the the women's march was not just a national event it was an international event of people being like yo this dude is the worst and he gotta go um which you know which i think um doesn't always come across here i i, I know that no. we kind of lose track of the people overseas and especially as black people like uh, we don't we don't really like get to think about uh like these americans in these other countries that have to deal with this how have y'all seen like those changes towards the either attitude towards americans or you know are people just walking up to you just like shaking their head like i can't believe y'all let y'all this happen this. no it, it's okay so we have to go back a little bit because i don't know if you remember george bush oh yeah um that was so during that time i worked for the army and, um, yeah, this was really terrible. And I spent a lot of time, like, explaining to Germans, like, yeah, not everybody supports George Bush and not everybody's like that. And, you know, yeah, really, I'm a normal person, you know, <laughs> I'm not some kind of weirdo. Like, that, like, like, I'm just, I just happen to work for the army. I, I worked for the army before George Bush. So, you know, um, yeah. And now this time it's a little bit different. People want to know why, but but they don't ever think – I've never had anybody think I voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. That's the big difference. It's like like people just know this man has got something wrong with him mm-hmm. and that if you're in – it's not everybody in Germany. There's plenty of Trump supporters in America – American Trump supporters in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they don't all work for the military either. Right. That's a that's a misnomer that people think that that all the military is for Republicans. It, it's not true. I would say it's probably it's probably either 50 50 or 60 for Democrats and 40 for Republicans, really, right. because you have a large um, non-white and female contingent in the army. It's not just all white dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, Adrian, what's been your experience? Well, you know, when I lived in Brussels and I was working in the EU, the European Union quarter, and people would be, well, but first of all, we would get warnings from the American embassy. Don't go to these certain places. They're going to be protests against um, the U.S. and, you know, intervention in the in Iraq. Mm-hmm. You know, we were warned, you know, I spent probably a lot of my time like, Try to figure out: Do I need to be wearing Canadian T-shirts? You know, and you know, you didn't want to be identified as, Ameri- as American. Mm-hmm. And people would come up to you and say, "Who did you vote for? Did you vote for Bush or <laughs> Harry? You know, I mean, are you for against the war?" And I was like, "Oh my God!" You know, <laughs> Democrat, you know, didn't vote for the war, and they were like, "Stand off!" They would back down. They would be like, "Whew!" But that was like, um, like a gauntlet. Like if you know, I don't know what you if you were if you said you voted for you supported the war. I don't know. Maybe you would have got mobbed and attacked. 
And then we had Obama, and he made it be an American cool again. People would come up and be high-fiving you on the street. <laughs> you know, I can remember the election night party in Stockholm. People were trying to crash, you know. Um, they want, I mean, it was probably 50% Swedes, 50% Americans. Everybody was just like, I mean, you know, it was just jubilation mm. because, you know, we did have the hope. We did have like finally young, you know, not going to have, you know, we were sick of the, you know, the eight years of the Republicans. And then I was living in England in a small village and then, you know, we got Trump and, I mean, and they would torment me in the pub. You know, if you know anything about English, English life, especially country life, the pub is like the, the, the heart of the community. And they would just, you know, say, they would just turn around and just say Trump just to see the look on my face. You know, it was just a torment, um, you know, thing, you know, because I don't know, a lot of Brits like to bully Americans anyway. Then he, Trump made it really interesting, easy for us to be the butt of jokes. Right. Even and, with them, um, even, the with them having, uh, even, even with them, them having, even with them having boards. Yeah, and Brexit, Brexit and stuff, they still stunting on us. But this was pre-Bors. Oh, okay. Okay. This was pre-Bors. This was pre-Bors. And now, I don't know, but I would say it might be the, as a deflection, but it was part of that whole, you know, cause I did live through that Brexit thing and it was like a trend. It was Trump. It was Brexit. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it was all of those things. And I know here in Sweden, the, the we have a party that has really far right wing um, origins mm. and um, I remember the chair of Democrats abroad Sweden she was on an election watch TV program with the chair of this like far right party and when they announced the election results he was thrilled that Trump had won mm. and she said like the newscasters and everybody else is like their faces like blanched like because nobody thought it but this guy was like great so he's empowered he's in part of this he's emboldened a lot of um people from citizens to leaders mm. around the world and it's, we got to stop we got to put a skid on this it's you. not just trump it's it's also putin uh, i yes. know that a lot of people don't want to want to talk about this but russia has had a huge effect on politics throughout mm. europe and the united states mm-hmm. and they are funding all these far right wing um yes. groups mm. uh we had malcolm nance as a speaker um a few actually we've had him twice once in 2018 and then this year we had him in september and uh he's written this awesome trilogy uh about the plot to hack america and all these other things and we're we're in a lot of trouble everybody this is not so you know i don't we we have to vote and we have to do something because all of our institutions are not putting the brakes on this. Right. Nothing is happening to stop it. And I don't think that people really grasp it. Uh, there was an article a few weeks ago about how the Trump campaign worked on um, depressing the black turnout yes. for the 2016 mm-hmm. election. And um, that was that's what happened. Like, that, yes. that's not... It's not just something you read in the newspaper. That's why Hillary didn't win because so yeah. many black people were like, no, I'm not voting for her. Yeah, and I think what's interesting is um, there seems to be like a disconnect between like social media 
and the real world because um <clears throat> a lot of those efforts were paid for for social media like yes specifically to target mm-hmm. black people who are active on social media and to and i think what a lot of people think of when they think of voter uh suppression is just like stuff like you know obvious uh we're gonna not count your votes we're gonna make take make less polling places things like that and that that is true that happens we live in north carolina a state where that kind of stuff happens Mm -hmm. but also it's apathy it's making you feel like your vote won't count it's making you go well aren't both sides the same don't you know conscientious objection is an option and in and and when you think about the specific targeting of the black vote like it's not just we want everyone to feel this way they're like we want black people to feel this way and you would Mm -hmm. think that anyone who was aware of those efforts would make it their goal to not be a part of those efforts if anything to push against those efforts that's why we use our platform the way that we use it specifically because we don't want to just be neutral to it and go well we don't want anyone to feel bad you're gonna feel bad if trump wins so 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 i'm gonna try to help you not feel bad for the net for four more years by telling you listen feel bad now if you're not gonna vote i want you to go vote now feel a little bit bad but um do do y'all feel or do y'all get that type of a response because um we see a lot of well you're shaming people if you say listen our votes are important and you need to use them and this is not a game and if you're not using it this like literally people die for your vote which is a fact it's not an opinion uh like do y'all get that pushback too where people are like oh don't you're gonna make me feel bad if you keep wanting me to vote um you know i have heard people say stuff like that um it's one of our, our, we have a progressive caucus, um, along with, um, seven other caucuses too, but, uh, they, they don't want to vote shame people. And I get it. I mean, I understand that to a certain extent, but, um, we're not, you know, I was a Bernie Sanders supporter mm-hmm. in 2016 and in 2020. Like I'm, I am a Bernie Stan, a hundred percent, but he didn't win. He didn't win in 2016 and he didn't win in 2020. So what is more important to me is that we, we maintain democratic control instead of having these crazy Republicans, uh, that are destroying our country. And honestly, I wasn't, I was a little neutral towards, um, Joe Biden in the beginning. Um, I, I, I mean, before in the primaries, he wasn't even on my list, right. like as a person to, you know, he wasn't on anybody's list. So, you know, there's, okay. There's some people that were always for him. Right. Um, but I wasn't one of those people, you know, I mean, I've, I voted for the green party in, in some elections in the past. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not saying that to like, be like proud. I'm just, just want people to understand where right. I'm coming from. You know, like I'm not just all like. I haven't been eaten by the machine, right. you know, and sucked into the democratic whatever, right. um, you know, I, I haven't. Um, so, but the thing is, the thing that I realized about Joe Biden, and this also goes for Kamala Harris, is that Joe Biden is a thoughtful person. And by that, I mean, like, if you give him new information, he's going to sit down. He's right. going to read it. He's going to incorporate it into his plans. Right. And he's not, yeah, he's not going to be like, you know, Trump, who's just like information. Whoosh, who cares? You know, like, um, and, and that's the type of person that we need 
to have in the as a president in these days and times when we have so many things to consider. I mean, we've got the economy, we've got climate change, we've got COVID, we've got racism, we've got education, we've got uh, our financial system, we've got our housing market with so many people who are going to be evicted, right. you know, anytime now. So we need somebody who's going to listen to people who already know what to do because there's a whole lot of people that spend a lot of time on all these subjects trying to figure out how to make them right Mm -hmm. and then actually hear them and then incorporate that into a plan. We don't need somebody just because you like them, you know, or Trump. I don't know what people like about him. I don't understand that at all. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I think I I know what they like. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I do too. The racism. Yeah. That's kind of But I mean, there's plenty of other racist people. Yes. Mm -hmm. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But But but, he's the only person coming from this, like here. He's the only politician who was only racist. That's you it. You know what I'm saying? That's like, all he ran on. He didn't have no policies. There, he didn't have nothing else. There was, yeah. I am racist. And white people said, that's what I want. And they voted him in. Yeah, I think there's a there was a big backlash to just the fact that Obama was black. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter if, if the economy was better. It didn't matter if um, our international opinion was better. To a lot of people, they just felt it as an affront. I think a lot of this is kind of the knock on wood hopefully last throws of white supremacy that we're experiencing here where the backlash is so strong because it's literally on its deathbed and i i feel like this is an important step to try to like end that harm and and lower that harm over the next few years we lost adrian um i sent her uh, email to uh refresh and see if maybe that'll help i know she was having a delay and then her husband came home he's probably playing xbox or something so (laughs) hopefully uh hopefully she can get a bandwidth back yeah uh uh, can what we gonna uh, say uh, uh, for me um you were talking about joe biden and the thing about joe biden is that he actually cares about the country trump doesn't care and trump Mm -hmm. is self-centered and so his self-centeredness has literally spread it's like the example and it spread across the country so that's why you have people saying don't shame me that's Mm -hmm. why you have people doing these things because as far as they're concerned if it's not about them that's why you have people that have the opinions they have about the covid because it's about me it's about what's what can i do no 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 not what can i do it's like how does this benefit me and I don't really care if it hurts somebody else as long as it benefits me. Mm. And once you get to that point, it's very, it's very frustrating talking to people when you go, you have to think beyond this. You have to think about people that you may not know, might not have a relationship with, might not even be able to relate to, but at least have some compassion in your heart and understanding to realize that we're all going to go with this. This whole ship is going to sink. I hope it's one of the things where you can go. You do realize we're, we're on this same boat. Trump is in charge. And if he crashes into an iceberg, we're all going down. And that's very hard to get people to understand that. It's like, we all need to be in this together. That's why I don't mind shaming people that don't vote. Vote! <laughs> you're outside to be like that. I don't mind shaming you because at the end of the day, you're not voting and you, him and Han, is actually costing my family, uh, it's hurting my family. I'm stuck, I've been stuck in the house since March because of him. Like, right. people better realize the things here in America is abnormal. Other parts of the country has actually start functioning again. We're still locked down. We're not listening to scientists. We're not doing any of this. And a lot of that, ha- it starts with him. And so it's one of these things where, as far as I'm concerned, I am very thankful for, 
for all of you doing these these things abroad because like like right just said people have a tendency to forget that we're all over the world and right. so just like our boats count y'all boats count too and america is so self-centered and so wrapped up in itself that it forgets that there are people that care about america that are americans that aren't actually here that are actually directly impacted by the things that happen here yeah i, I was just gonna say also um when we're talking about like people being overseas and stuff they are affected by these decisions right mm-hmm. so uh i believe uh soldiers came up earlier well who's more likely to put you in a situation that you know is untenable you know what i mean <laughs> who's more likely to send you somewhere to be like look go stand in this area in another place of the world and be on alert and ready to like blow some stuff up at all times you know i think that kind of stuff uh affects things as well you know getting in conflict so yeah we do seem to have like these broad sweeping uh ideas about like well the military is so gung-ho it's like well not Uh necessarily a lot of people that that go join the military are literally there to hopefully get an education to to get you know to get that gi bill stuff like that a lot of times it's black people um trans trans people military joining the military is another way to uh to 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 get like medical care all kinds of stuff so like it it, the ideas that we have uh, have also been shaped by a lot of propaganda where it's like military white dudes with tattoos that like want to blow up brown people it's like eh, that maybe but not everybody you know i have friends in the military that like uh black people that would be like yeah some of these like more vocal people are like very like conservative but that's not me yeah you know what i mean yeah particularly here in the states most black and brown people have somebody related to them that has been in the military even if it's like a few generations down and people stop joining most americans particularly black have somebody with my uncle my great uncle my great grandpa had joined the military at some period of time now what is um i don't know how much y'all hear uh from from like back here but what where does stuff like uh defunding the police which is like a big major thing here how does that resonate across like seas are y'all is this also like major is that like does that is that just like a thing where people are like well that's back there or is that like a major uh uh no no thing there it's it's a topic it's definitely a topic and um the global black caucus has been doing these um events that we call a gbc cafe it's modeled off of the socrates cafe if you're familiar with that uh except we can't call it a socrates cafe because we're not trained and it all probably also costs money so (laughs) we're just (laughs) so there's no reason we can just give it another name and um we had a long discussion about this issue about defunding versus um abolishing versus reforming the police and um you know after a lot of discussion with people Mm -hmm. um most people were in the point of they started off in the discussion that they didn't know anything about any of those things. Right. It just de- defunding the police sounds, you know, inflammatory. And so a lot of people were against it. But we went through um, a lot of explanation about what each thing meant. And um, now there's really more people that are leaning towards um, defunding versus, um, you know, reform. Because reform is just some bullshit. Yeah. Um, 
that doesn't that doesn't get you anywhere. I personally am for abolishing the police uh, because the police are doing a lot of jobs that we could have other people doing, okay. and we don't need you know like like if my my family member is having a psychological episode uh, and I need help, I don't need to call the police because all they're going to do is shoot them. Right. Um. Nah, I feel yeah. you. I think that's an interesting thing because uh we ask the police to do so much that is not in their purview and when you have a hammer you know that's the solution to everything it's like i got this hammer on my hip so uh mental yeah. health boom you know what i mean like oh you got yeah. your, cat, your cat stuck in the tree pow pow oh man it's out of the tree I got, yeah i got the weapons let me use them right and uh you know i always yeah. think about that because it's not necessarily an authority thing when there's a fire no one's like abolish the fire department Mm-mm. we think they do a good job you know when the paramedics come to like help you with an, a medical emergency no one has a abolish the paramedics hashtag because we're like you're doing a service and you're doing it the right way I'm sure if paramedics showed up and just started shooting us, we'd be like, oh, maybe you should not have this job anymore as well. Um, so I, I could see that as well. And, um, I love what you said about Biden earlier. Karen, well, I, I voted for Warren in the, um, primary, uh, in North Carolina. Me too. Yeah. I, I love Elizabeth Warren, man. She has a plan for everything. <laughs> like she, she just is like, uh, you come, like you ask her something and she's like, I'm glad you asked me that. I already got a plan. You're like, go ahead, girl. <laughs> well, let's see, well, let's see what the plan is. Well, we ain't, we ain't about to have no more student loans. What's, what we doing? What we let's doing? Let's go. Uh, and she's like, and she always got a way to pay for it, like all that stuff. But, um, to be honest, I was okay with the vast majority of the people running. Like, if they were going to be running against Trump, it was just going to be like, oh, yes, it's them. And I think in a weird way, Biden being this older white dude has made him Teflon enough to mm-hmm. be able to, like, win. Because he's the only person that, one, can have gaffes and we won't, like, implode as yeah. democrats like yeah we on everybody else we just fold it's like they yes you know kamala harris says like y'all listen to tupac in college and people are like they i don't uh lives. that was 93 or that was 2005 i don't know and it's like why are we <laughs> why are we even acting like this is a thing to vote about right. this, this doesn't matter and i think with biden he can say something and he's just like i had a dude named corn pop i almost fought him at a, at a at a swimming pool and and blah 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 right. and we're just like i don't know if that was happening or not but i i mean that has nothing to do with anything and i, I think that's an element that's gonna help him i mean he was in a debate where he called donald trump a fool and a clown and a racist and all this stuff He's, and it didn't even make headlines the next day really no. like it wasn't even like oh my god how unpresidential it was like well he kind of is a fool yeah so we kind of need yeah. i think we are in a weird way we kind he's kind of the only candidate Agreed. who could have made okay. it through the gauntlet that that people have erected for all these other people maybe we'll learn in the future that it shouldn't be so harsh towards those other people but this is just, I, like i like this is kind of what we got and, and and honestly he seems like a decent man which once mm-hmm. again low bar but literally when the other person is like i'm the devil decency yeah. is 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 nice <laughs> i can take decency and it's one of these things where he wants to take us back to normal and people act like i don't want to go back to normal i do if if we can get back to normal i'm okay because once we get back to normal we can progress past that point. yeah it's like right now some, nothing is normal it's like if you come in your house and the thermostat is at 98 degrees 
and someone's like well listen i can put it back down to like 80 where it normally is and you're like well i kind of like it cold but you're right i'll take the 20 degrees back to normal just to live for now and then we can work towards that um and i do feel like uh a biden harris ticket does go beyond just like getting back to normal but i think the things they have to say when they campaign is gonna be a lot of let's get back to normal but if you look at their plans and stuff they're look they're more left than people would give them credit for agree but they're not as left as they could be and mm-hmm. i think that for a lot of people they don't look at the plans they don't watch the debates Mm-mm. they don't like um one of the things I, I i saw yesterday that i think is so brilliant from their campaign um they were being asked him and kamala harris keep being asked about packing the courts and uh they're essentially going the republicans are already packing the courts why like why are we even talking about this if this is a huge concern it is happening so so let like we're trying to correct what is happening already and not and like that deflection is so smart because i feel like other candidates would have felt the pressure to be like i have to have an answer to this and i have to show them that i won't do it or i have to show them that it, this is how i would do it but it would be fair no f that just tell them it's happening now and we have an existential threat in our face and we are trying to be the solution to that that is all that's all the messaging you need this is an election unlike any other you do not literally need like i think on twitter there's an idea that you need to have like a plan and an answer and a thing for everything in real life it's just listen i'm just trying to calm this thing down and you know what i don't think people realize and maybe the way i view our democracy is on the line if he wins again it will forever affect our democracy forever like we will never go back and people fail to understand the reason why they are so dogmatic on taking your right away is because democracy is what keeps them in check Mm -hmm. it's what holds them accountable it's what makes them bend it will it's it's literally because you're gonna have corrupt politicians no matter what don't get me wrong but it's the thing that prevents them from jumping on the deep end Mm -hmm. and i think that once that's stripped away these same people that are being apathetic and all this stuff they're gonna turn around and they're gonna try to wield their power but they're not gonna have the power it's Mm -hmm. like use it while you have it don't be like oh my gosh where's where's the sword and somebody stole your sword that's because you left your front door open and you allowed them to come in and steal it now i noticed also um i was looking on uh, your website how do people that are interested in like listen I'm, i'm a i'm a person who's abroad i'm a democrat i want to vote um you know i've made you know i'm connected to these things maybe they're listening to the show we have a lot of international listeners we do um how do they get registered i I even saw where like you can get your ballot emailed to you or something like or your register like how does that work you can get it so okay um we have a website that's available for anybody overseas whether you're a member or not uh it's called votefromabroad.org that's uh, three words, one word all together, votefromabroad.org. Um, and if you go to that website, you can go there and request your absentee ballot. So in, in most states, 
If you haven't been registered to vote previously, your request for an absentee ballot will serve as your voter registration also. So it's a really simple process, and any number of states allow you to email that request to them. And in our system, you can do it all online, and then you can use a, a, a digital signature, and it will. The system will email a copy to you and to your local election office in the states, wherever that might be. Wonderful. And what is a what's the climate right now like in Germany with like? dealing with the pandemic and uh i don't know what kind of election cycle uh it is there locally but what's that like well okay so the pandemic it's nowhere anything nothing like it is in america (laughs) and i don't i haven't been to the states Mm. uh during this pandemic time but i know people who have been there and come back or whatever and they're always like a little traumatized by it Mm -hmm. um but I mean, people here, you have to wear a mask anytime you go into inside of a building, a public space or even a private space. If they ask you like churches and stuff like that, um, you can't have uh, I think you can't have a gathering over like I think it's 25 people or something like that. Twenty five, thirty. Although people are not having these kind of events right. like this is not really happening. Uh, the movie theaters. I love movies. And the movie theaters are closed. Right. Closed. During the summer, they had a lot of drive-ins. Um, you know, people were just kind of, there were some that were existing, but people started making like ad hoc drive-ins so that people could go see movies. Um, I don't know what they're going to do in the winter because it's not warm here. It's not warm here now. Right. <laughs> it's rather cool. Um, you need a coat now. Like mm. maybe maybe not your thick winter coat, but like, you know, something that's going to keep you keep the wind out of out of your jacket. Um, at, schools are open, but a lot of it keeps happening where somebody will get coronavirus in the school and then mm. they'll go back to doing online school. They were they were doing mostly online school earlier in the year of the school year and then there was summer break now they're back mm. um my husband like he his office they're working from home they have been since the beginning of march um yeah a lot of people are working from home then there's some jobs where you just can't work from home um all the delivery people grocery stores pharmacies doctor's offices but um when you go into a grocery store, like, say I want to go grocery shopping. So I have to put my mask on. I bring a cart in. Uh, and then they have a station set up in the front of the store where you, like, can disinfect your hands mm-hmm. um, before you come in. And also mm-hmm. there's, like, you know, they have, like, some bleach or something and water and a thing that you can wipe off your – wipe the cart down so that you're not, you know, you don't know where this cart's been. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely you have to stay um, – Oh, I, I don't know how many feet it is. Uh, you have to stay 1.5 meters, which I want to say yeah. is sounds like about, about six, feet. six feet. Yeah. About six feet. Yeah. Yeah. Apart, like when you're in the store and when you're in line. Um, most people are pretty good about it. Uh, my problem is all the mask wearers who like. Oh my God. Wear their masks. No. I cannot stand these people. I'm like, you do know it's all the same hole, right? Like, there's you, you know, yeah. your mouth I, and nose ain't separate. I honestly, <laughs> I, I made a t-shirt design for our store that says the mask goes over your nose too, because it's just, 
it's ridiculous it's a pass fail iq test it's an instant pass fail you're like oh oh that's a shame you oh bless you your almost heart. had it you 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 were so close to just cover the nose too the, 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 <laughs> yeah the and you would have made it yeah um uh and what about in uh sweden adrian well, I'm back from the abyss. Am I actually back? <laughs> you're back. You're you back. Are back. We, we saw you. Yeah. We saw you coming okay. on and off. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Um, the struggle is real, as they say, but I'm back. Um, in Sweden, we've had a kind of a different approach than most of Europe, whereas we didn't have any mandatory lockdown. It was, uh, what I've learned from the Swedish, about the Swedish people is that when you're, government and health authority tells you to do something that's basically the same thing as an order Mm. it's you know they suggest so they said you know work from home um social distance hygiene they never mandated masks Mm. though very recently they just said you know if you're in a place where you don't feel like you can be safe or socially distanced then you should wear a mask Mm. um the um Buses, it depends on where you live. Um, they told people don't take the public transportation unless you're an essential worker and really need to get to work. You know, if you're, unless you're an essential worker, they were basically saying you need to work at home. The king came on TV and said, listen to like our, um, equivalent of Dr. Fauci, Ernest Technell, and the queen mm-hmm. king never comes on TV or rarely. Mm-hmm. Um, and crowds of only 50 or gatherings of only 50, I should say. Um, so, like, when we go out, we would sit out on the outdoor seating or something. Mm. Um, when I go to my grocery store, it's hardly anybody there. They have mm. special hours for older and vulnerable people to go early in the morning. Um, if I take public transportation, like my bus here, they have, they have it, like, taped off in the front so you can't get near the bus driver. I haven't paid bus fare in I don't know how long because mm. the thing yeah, to pay is up in the front. In but they have this big sign on the window that says the bus is not free so you're supposed to be able to produce your fare card at any time um you can't go to the hospital with people um like if they're going to go for a routine whatever because they're like no covid you can't go right um they have restrictions like that but no mandatory lockdowns and because of that our economy's kind of doing pretty good and we haven't had like the pushback like they're having in some places in germany where people are protesting on the street and saying get us little you know give us out of lockdown you know mm-hmm. we don't want to we don't want to do that but people pretty much know what they need to do and do it mm-hmm. it's just like social responsibility but we did have a lot of deaths in the in the elder care home mm-hmm. and um our health guy says you know he wished he could have done that better um but I, you know, I've been working from home for years, so I work from home. But my husband's the Swedish military. I'm going to sink or swim with him because he's still going to work. Right. But I'm stressing him all the time, you know, about what you're doing. And he says they have, like Angela says, what is it, one and a half meters or something apart. Mm-hmm. And they don't do things like they used to. Yeah. It's but you know what? I know I've been gone so long. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go on, Karen. You have my sister's name. <laughs> so I always remember your name. Oh, uh, I, I, I care against props. You get to go. <laughs> yes. Oh, no problem. I think for me, uh, when it comes to like the things they do abroad, I think the United States, I, and, and, and it's not, we're number one in stupidity. The United States started <laughs> uh, the protest of not wearing the mask. And do you think us doing that set the example for other countries to get bold to and come out and say, we tired of being locked down also? Yes, 
in, in Germany, I, you know, it's it's a very small minority of people mm-hmm. that are these weird mask protesters. Um, I'm 100% sure it's the same group of people. You know, QAnon has spread throughout the world. And um, there's a bunch of people in Germany that uh, believe in QAnon. And I think it's the same group of people because really, like, 80% of people are just like, okay, I'll just wear a mask. And the thing is, is that for me, the longer I wear the mask, the more I get used to it. Right. Right. It's just, it's not that complicated. And we weren't, in the very beginning, they were saying, don't wear, don't wear a mask. Right. Um, just keep a distance. But, uh, I had masks and I was wearing them because I'm a little bit paranoid about stuff like that. Um, yeah. And, you know, what they did in Sweden, Sweden has like, like 10 million people. Mm. You can't do that in a place that's just, people are everywhere like Germany. I mean, really with almost 90 million people, it's, is a little, it's different because it's like, it's like everywhere is New York city. Mm. You know, I mean that it's, it's not, it's not okay. It's not all crowded, but I mean, it's like people are tightly packed no matter where they are. Mm. And even in a small place, like where I live, do y'all anti-mask people have guns? Cause ours do. No. Yes, they do. Nobody has a gun here. Oh my um, God. Oh, you can't, oh, that's you, beautiful. The people, people own guns, but that you have to keep your gun at the gun club or your hunting club. You can't keep it in your home. So you can, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people in Germany that own guns, but people, you don't right. have to worry that somebody is going to shoot you. Like if you're just in your house or something. Oh, it's never gonna happen. I want to. I want that life. So there are guns in Sweden. Y'all got guns in Sweden. There are guns today? in Sweden. There. Yeah, because because people hunt. You know, we have a military. My grandfather was from Texas. You know, he had a gun uh, mm-hmm. for hunting, but it was like for hunting. You know, he didn't have a. You know, I from DC. I don't know anybody that had a gun. Mm-hmm. Maybe a, my friends had guns that I didn't know about hidden right. around in their house. Wait, wait. But, you know. You know, they're the hunters and then they're the criminals, you know. Um, And I wouldn't worry about gun crime in Sweden, but there is racism in Sweden and violence. You know, I I haven't found utopia. If we can get to Wakanda. Yeah. (laughs) That's my goal. I I want a first class ticket. Well, my thing is, are your anti-mask people also the one, are they allowed to bring their guns to the protest for against masks? (laughs) really you come out the house with with a gun and people would probably freak out then they would call the special police that handle that type of thing the special police y'all yes hear that? y'all hear that thing, the special police like i like they, i wouldn't mind like an extra digit for the special police you know like nine one one one. this motherfucker got a gun come, come here do something about this you know but yeah that like that's the thing for us is like they are emboldened they have weapons it's like it's really not about the mask like Mm-mm. you said it's like, it's kind of that q thing it's a lot of conspiracy theorists it's a lot of like um right wing uh online like communities and they show up to these protests under the guise of we're against masks and we found out this week they just arrested a quote-unquote militia or as i like to call them terrorist uh group that was um going to kidnap gretchen whitmer the um uh like one of our governors um michigan yeah those are the same people 
who are like i'm against a mask i'm like i don't think this is about a mask this is not about a mask <laughs> no <laughs> this seems deeper to me um so also uh do y'all have pumpkin spice in the areas of the of the world y'all are in because i i love it um but you know just 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 building out yes we do um there is starbucks here so they have those pumpkin latte whatever i don't drink coffee Mm. so i i'm you know but i do like i made this drink one year it was like a hot chocolate with pumpkin spice kalua oh yeah that sounds delicious Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was super um yeah we love fall here too with all our pumpkins and everything and Mm. gingerbread yes and it sounds like it's fall for longer up there y'all are already you know it sounds like y'all been cold for a while like this might be the move for me it might have to take this international we have to move somewhere where it's pumpkin (laughs) spice year round come on (laughs) well i don't know if it's here year round well you know go ahead adrian I was going to say in Sweden, um, it's, you know, six months of the year, if you're way up north, you have nothing but sun. And mm. the opposite of that, six months of the year, if you're way up north, you don't have any sun. Mm. But um, the summers here are gorgeous and long because the sun doesn't go down until like 11. And it's never really ever dark. You can't really have fireworks here mm. in the summer. Like when Americans, Democrats abroad, if we do something for 4th of July, we can't do fireworks because it's not dark enough. Mm. But I was going to say, we have Starbucks to pumpkin spices here and yes. my birthday's Halloween and they have Halloween here too now wow. or they didn't always. And they're already starting to sell the Halloween candy and, but it's COVID. So mm. I don't, I hope no one is trick or treating around here because as I say, <laughs> the Swedes aren't big on masks right. and I'm not having these little kids, you know, they carry everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, all, the, the American influence is not just our music. It's not just our movies. You know, the, you're going to see Thanksgiving on the restaurant menus. You know, mm. these chefs that are trying to do fusion and stuff. In, in addition to the Americans that are here that have their own businesses, you know, you're going to see these pop-up places. Burger places are everywhere. Mm. Um, you know, it's we. It's they're obsessed. I can't say obsessed. But very aware of what's going on in America with the politics. You know, they'll, they'll make, um, uh, our president, what happens, what happens in the White House will be, um, reported before domestic news, you know, before mm. national news. Mm. You know, the international news will dominate the, the broadcast. Well, we, I mean, we are kind of like reality TV at this point with, we with our presidency, like, because i mean it's like this motherfucker got covid dog like yes and you know like that's that's gonna break all the news yes all and all the other contestants that were at the house with him caught it too yeah that 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 was like you got it you want some covid here's your covid too bingo because i had them all on the call yeah so yeah yeah it's it's um we're we're yes in a way we're dominated i mean i don't sweden sweden isn't a part of nato is it um, Adrian? Nope. No. Okay. No. So, so in Germany, we um, yeah, mm. it, it's, it's, we have a whole lot of military bases here. There used to be a lot more in the past than there are now. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like we're, I don't want to say we're one country cause we're not like, right. thank goodness. Uh, but, but it's kind I mean, we just have a lot, we have a lot of agreements and partnerships with Germany and under normal circumstances, 
like uh, Angela Merkel should be Trump's best friend, right. but he hates her. Right. Uh, so she's a woman. Yeah. I mean, there's no, yes, there's that, no. That's why. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to the dude where like he, there's no de- decision where he can like make it make sense. It's just I'm gonna do this, and then and and, and you make it make sense. You know what I mean? Where it's just like. Yeah, yeah, so I don't like them people. Uh, by the way, we're coming, we're jumping out of the players, uh, climbing the court. Like, why? This is, uh, y'all figure it out. Y'all, y'all make it make sense. I don't want to do it. It's terrible. He'll just say something like it's terrible. Yes. And then, and, and then we got to roll with that. And it's like, this is an international fucking thing. Like, are- this is a lot of people on the line because you don't like people who talk for speak french or some shit you know what i think it's bigger than that because his ego is so big and he takes everything personally this is just me they joke him whenever he would come out to places yeah he's, he's overweight <laughs> Look he at didn't want to walk nowhere yeah. he wanted to yeah. use the carts not trying to be funny yeah, his like suit, like his suits don't fit he's right he, weird. he didn't have no decorum his hair all fucked right. up and so they started his talking is orange. started talking and joking him right you know everybody else was like oh this is 15 minutes let's walk in a group and he yeah. was like bringing a golf cart and they're like um he dumb um, as hell right and they're like oh he is stupid yeah and so it's one of the things where i think he got tired of being embarrassed and it, it hit it hit his ego that's why he started dropping out of stuff and mm-hmm. not going over abroad as much because he felt uh attacked well you should feel attacked you just the way you feel is how i feel ashamed now um angela adrian how'd y'all get into traveling because it sounds like y'all were traveling before you were like uh involved with uh democrats abroad or anything mm-hmm. like that so like well, like how did y'all uh end up like traveling so much and then like what made you go i want to live over here right um adrian you go first well i'm trying to think oh okay when i um i used to work for a uh a reggae record company and one of our artists that we had distribution rights for in the U.S. was from the U.K., Mad Professor. He was in England, and he had the largest black-owned recording studio, whatever, in in the U.K., and um, he also had all these other artists on his portfolio. And so I had planned a five-city tour for them. What was it, New York, um Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Hawaii, and we ended up in D.C. I got to go to all of them with them except for Hawaii, of course. Mm. I'm, I'm salty about that. <laughs> but um, so with working with him so closely, he said, you know, if you ever come to London, you know, you can stay in my house, I have a house for artists. And so I went and I visited and he wasn't even in town. His wife and his sister-in-law met me at the house with the key and I just fell in love with London. You know, it was just one of the coolest places ever, I thought, at the time. You know, I went to Ronnie Scott's, um, and they were, that's when um, Jungle Music was out, and it was just one of the coolest places. Somebody pulled me off the curb, almost got hit by a car, because, you know, I was supposed to look on the opposite side of the road. I was looking right when I should have been looking left or the opposite. Mm. And it was just the coolest thing, and then I ended up getting an internship at at a record company, Polygram Records, which is now part of Universal, and then... I just like, you know, I like it. And then I had relatives. My uncle used to work for the State Department and lived all over. And my, my, his mother, my maternal grandmother, and, and both my grandmothers actually had, and grandfather had done a lot of international traveling. And at one point I thought I'd work for the State Department and, and then just ended up taking, um, 
like a grad school class over there and you know how you meet some guy and you end up moving all your stuff mm-hmm. and the next thing you know that's, you're an expat that's the way you know that is the way okay it's undefeated um and like is there a musical artist that uh you listen to in sweden or from sweden right now that you would recommend for us to give a try you know what there is this brother timbuktu whose father is african-american and um his mother's swedish and um i'm gonna see if i can put it in the chat box for you okay he's he's deep and um i don't really listen to her but supposedly she's world famous have you heard of robin Robin. she's swedish and then yeah robin r-o-b-y-n okay she's swedish and then um he's dead now i can't think of his name but he used to run swedish house mafia Mm. that was some good party like if you know like a dj that he did a lot of collaborations with um all kinds of singers um r&b to um singer songwriters um but you know i try to listen to try to i try to go to like billboard and see what's happening um in the states so i can sit current but if i have to confess what i've been listening to lately is the soundtrack from hamilton i'm obsessed with it i even <laughs> dream about it that's my friend bossy's uh that's her favorite like right now <laughs> Like I, I've never even. I'm so I haven't watched Hamilton, and I'm low key scared because all the people I know that watch it end up being obsessed. Right. And I'm like, I don't need that in my life <laughs> right now. Well, you know, there's one song you don't have the votes. You don't have the votes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I hope that's what we're singing. Come on, listen. I'll learn it. Okay, yeah. I'll watch. I will learn I'll, the I'll words. watch it and learn it if that's what happens. I will shazam it and have it pop up so I can read it. Now, what about you, Angela? How'd your journey overseas start? Because I, I, you know, I heard you say earlier it's been twenty years. So, like, what what gave you like the bug to be like, yo, I'm traveling? And was was it also just a man? that you was like and I, and now I'm here I'm staying over here well it started off that um, I mean I always had a job where I traveled a lot inside the United States and then I started doing contract work and that I had a job that was in Eritrea in Africa and um, which is which I don't know what it's like now but it used to be really nice mm. um, and um, I met this guy on the way home in the in the airport mm. and yeah, I met this guy on the way home in the airport and, uh, we ended up like actually being in the same seat. Weirdly. Wow. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he was going back to Germany and I was going back to, uh, Florida and, um, he, I don't know, we had like, we actually, I stayed one day because I screwed up my plane tickets. So I had, you can go straight from Africa to the United States in one day. It takes two days on the way there, but somehow I planned it where I had a gap when I got to Frankfurt. So we had one day, we went out, we went shopping, blah, blah, blah. And then I went back, I went back home. He gave me his, his like phone number and address. And, you know, we started a relationship long distance. Mm. And I had been going back and forth, you know, like to see him a few times. And at a certain point he was like, oh, I think I want to move to the United States. And then I was like, 
okay, sure. And then I thought about it. I'm like, you know, I want to go and have some adventure. So I basically got rid of a lot of my stuff, mm. packed everything up in three suitcases, and moved to Germany. Wow. Um, <laughs> that I mean, first of yeah. all, I mean, when Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan meet each other in this movie uh that about this day um it's gonna be it's gonna be an amazing script okay same seat on the plane like what the hell how what are the coincidences of that um and then like do do either of y'all like speak other languages or can you just like get by on english since it's like you know the 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 language that uh they kind of teach everyone how's that work I don't know. Sweden. Uh, in, in, Everybody yeah, Sweden. speaks English. Mm. I mean, from the you go to your friends' houses with their kids. Yeah. I don't know when they start learning five or seven or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they watch. They don't. Um, you know, I can go to McDonald's and the little McTeen. You know, I can say to my best Swedish. You know, mm-hmm. I want to have you know a hamburger and a palm frit. And they like they answer me back in English. You know, they, wow. everybody wants to speak English too. That could be a handicap to learning because you're like, oh, you speak English, great. But I tell people now, you speak English, I'll speak Swedish, ah. um, and they don't they don't subtitle the movies. And when I lived in Belgium, the, if you watch in French TV, they sub they dub everything, mm. which is horrible. Um, but in the Flemish part of um, because you know it's horrible. It's like Al Pacino in this crazy French you know <laughs> accent, and you're like, that's not him. <laughs> you know, um, but in the in the Flemish part <laughs> of Belgium, they speak um, really good English, and they don't dub, and you don't want to speak French there. Mm. You know, so they, it's either Flemish or English. But in, but yeah, so Sweden is very easy. You can, and if you're an IT person, that's their own language. It's easy to get IT jobs here, mm. and you can go and never speak English. I know people that have lived here 15 years, and they told me, "Don't speak Swedish, speak English, because then you keep the upper hand." But mm. you know, it's good for social situations. <laughs> Wow. Um, and when you go to the doctor. How do they, how do they figure, doctors went, how do they figure you keep the upper hand? Like, how does that work? Because you, um, you've got them, cause, because here's the thing I found out about Swedes. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if you don't have a lot of Swedish listeners, but their English is, even though their English is good, it's not nearly as good as they think it is, mm. you know? So if I have command of my tongue, my, my master tongue, I'm going to still have the advantage in the situation and so for some reason they it's like american work ethic is very um respected mm. and the way americans do business maybe not um employee relations because you know their laws here right but you know they think you're cunning you're clever um you're sharp you're going to get things done so if you handle the whole thing like from an american and in an english it's like okay boom you you mm. do i have seen that in situations you have the upper hand that would make um, that would make sweet sense. Cocky too. That that would make sense too because of of slavery, right? Because uh we have such a like our work work ethic is all like forty hours, <laughs> sixty hour work week. Yeah, man. and we don't like, take no days off. Yeah, like yeah. and in other countries they were like, you know what? We're not no working vaca- our players yeah. to we're not working our workers to death. No we're vacation days off. We no have si- yeah, like here, time. Here is no vacation, no sick days, yeah. none of that they, stuff. They, over here, yeah. they're like, have a baby. You better, right. hope, you better hope your job pay you. If not, you better pop it out and be here tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So. It's it's way different over here. Um, 
I mean, I speak I speak German, mm. and um, I also speak some French, and um, I can't say that I speak Latin, but I too had six years of Latin in high school, me too. so that serves me very well for a lot of things. Um, it helps. It yeah. helps. Uh, I, I speak it. I'm not. I don't speak it, but I took it in uh, high school um and uh for a couple years and it does help break down the root of words so you can be like oh i think what they're saying is related to this like this is the word for money um and then you just said this and that comes okay so i don't know your language but i do know the root of what you're saying is money so it helps like a little bit but it can't help as much as like you know actually like getting out there and, and and speaking it you know yeah that is true but in germany so it really literally depends on where you live like every um most people in germany take they you're you have to take english in class i don't know when it started but it's fairly like within the past 10 years that they are starting at first grade teaching english before they started at third grade so Everybody knows English now, whether they will speak it or not, or if it just went in one ear and out the other is a whole nother situation. (laughs) So it it just depends on where you are. And if what I find really interesting is that when I'm alone, no one speaks English to me ever. It makes me angry. Like I'm like, I'm an American. Look at right. me. I don't, I shouldn't have to speak German, right. you know, like, I'm, <laughs> but, but if I'm with my husband, then people are like, they are, they just start off on English. Wow. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Okay. I don't know what that is about, but right. I don't know why you, I'm you being think punished. It's be- you know? Might be because you're a woman and they just, I just respect this man. So I'm gonna put out the English for him. I don't know. That's so weird. Um, what about food? Yeah. What is y'all's favorite food in the country you're in? I mean, if they do, well, they have, you know, they, that first of all, that took a little too long. It. Okay. The pause, <laughs> yeah, the pause, like, well, the pause right there made me feel like it wasn't, <laughs> Let me like, think the, about like, it. like the food yeah. wasn't popping, like it wasn't seasoned properly or something. It was like, oh man, food. Well, well I was going to say, you know, pepper it, seasoning. Oh, okay. <laughs> salt and pepper to taste. Well, yes. <laughs> Well, I know in Sweden there's a lot of stuff. um, It's an acquired taste. Mm. A lot of foods that are like, um, well, and something that wasn't. Salmon is a very popular item and a very big part. No problem. I love salmon. Mm, I probably figured out 50 different ways to cook salmon. But the most common way you're going to get it is with potatoes. Potatoes. I remember when I think I was here too. I was like, do we have to have potatoes so often? You know, <laughs> there are other alternatives, you know, um, but potatoes are a staple in herring, um, pickled 50 uh. different ways. Um, but you know, I, I found my ones that I like the most. And then there's, and you know, of course they're regional things, but the Swedish meatballs, you know, maybe that they serve at Ikea. I don't know if I've ever had them at Ikea. Mm. You know, they're pretty good, you know, with the lingonberry, you know, which is kind of like, um, cranberries. Mm. Um, but I cook, you know, all kinds of food and I very rarely eat sweet, just regular Swedish food at a restaurant. Oh, okay. But, um, I don't think, and there's tons of vegetarian vegan options so i think if you came here you would find anything you would want okay and what about germany what's the food like over there angela um it would depend on what your taste in food is really um i'm a vegetarian 
And I haven't always been a vegetarian, so it's not like I've never eaten any other foods, but, you know, vegetables. Um, I grew up, where I grew up in Ohio um, was a town with a lot of German immigrants. So I pretty much knew all the food and stuff, you know, before I got here. It's just like, in a way, it's like being just back at home, except nicer and better. Mm. Um, but so a lot of people like schnitzel. You know, that's just like breaded pork, you know, with a sauce and uh, like mushrooms or onions or something. A lot of people like that. Or, um, yeah, my husband prefers like a cordon bleu, which is like a schnitzel, a piece of pork wrapped in a piece of ham with cheese wrapped around it with breading. Oh, um, okay. I can see Karen is like, um, I'll have one of those. <laughs> I was like, that sounds absolutely I delicious. Guess not everybody is a vegan up in there. Okay. <laughs> no, no, they're not. Um, there, this is like the meat, the most, it's hard to, I can't be a vegan here because right. it's too hard. I would starve to death. So <laughs> I can, I can only be a vegetarian because there's otherwise, you know, every now and then if we go out to dinner or something or when in the past before COVID, before we can, now we can't go out to dinner. So right. but um i would if i go out if there's nothing really vegetarian on the menu i'll just have like some fish or something you know it's not i can't eat too much fish because it kind of grosses me out after a certain point but Mm. but you know um what else do people like here um what about there's go ahead go go ahead ahead. no you got you got there's just something that 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 they call um it's called gruna soza which is green sauce and it's like these a different bunch of herbs and um, different things mixed up with like a cream sauce with like like mm. not cream cheese and sour cream. And it makes this sauce. You like blend it all together and then you serve it like with a piece of roast beef and potatoes. And um, it's actually really good. Yeah. I, I rather like it. Um, you it know, sounds, I mean, if I was going to eat meat. Yeah. It sounds good. But. Yeah, the Karen. I was gonna say there's no hush puppies over here, unfortunately. No hush puppies. But I did turn, you know, I know, but I did turn my husband on the cornbread. Well, first Aww. of all, that's yes. good. I mean, we, I we feel. Like, I, I, I mean, I feel like if you can cook and you coming from America as a black person, you kind of got the advantage on the field when it comes to cooking. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's a little unfair. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like you could just. <laughs> Like, if you could just get them to come to your house and cook for them, like, it's a wrap, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, they staying, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, oh, this is what y'all want? Okay, well, well yeah. I didn't know. I bet you they ain't got no sweet yeah, tea or grits well, yes, sweet potatoes. Did you say sweet potatoes, Karen? No, because I have some in my refrigerator. Sweet well, tea. She said sweet tea sweet and grits. And grits. Sweet tea oh. and grits. Yeah. But I heard grits because I bring grits back with me in my, my suitcase. Mm-hmm. Oh, grits that I bring sense. back. See what I'm saying? I'm from D.C. I bring back Old Bay seasoning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bring back Old Bay seasoning. Come from D.C. I bring Adobe um you know i definitely bring back my seasonings i bring my grits i bring you know when i cheat karen don't be mad but i'll buy the jiffy cornbread mm-hmm. ain't, ain't that wrong with that one egg third quarter cup of milk mm-hmm. and a big you know so I, I will bring those things back because you will not find them here but then you will have the american section and there is an american store here yes um mm. not where i live in stockholm but is, then stuff is, is like small oh, i hope charles isn't listening like 10 times more expensive oh yeah, it's, like, it's like doing a grocery shopping at 7-eleven or something oh, okay you know angela what were yeah. you gonna say 
I was going to say that any American store is really just a garbage store. It's uh, like uh, Pop Tarts, uh, Fruit Loops. Mm. Um, you know, oh, okay. <laughs> like what they, what they think. Cheese in a can. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. It's very, it's embarrassing sometimes. Like, damn, <laughs> is this what we are known for? Cheese in a can. Like, damn. And the thing is, you that, I think it's very. The one in. Go ahead. No, Karen, you think what? Because I'm going to say, no, build on what Angela I, said, because it's right. Go, go ahead, Adrian. You got you got it. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it, luckily the one that um that, uh, that I know of is owned by an American, and oh. he, you know, that's where we go for, um, well, it's Thanksgiving. Okay, we really want cranberry sauce. It's hard to find cranberry sauce here. So you can get the ocean spray cranberry sauce in the can you're like okay this has got the libby's pumpkin pie spice you know he's got the all the like the graham crackers you know we mm. don't we don't you can't get cran get graham crackers mm. here they've got something else so the, the stuff he's got all that stuff like that so when sometimes when you really like the double stuff oreos or something mm. it's like if you really have want to get your stuff you'll go there ah. um but he also, you know, I think a lot of Swedes come in there and just out of curiosity and buy that like cheese in a can stuff like Angela talked about. But he's got like the Duncan Hines cake mix, the cake frosting. You can't buy cake. You can't find cake frosting in a can. Mm. If that's your thing. You know, so it's, so it's all that stuff. But he, you know, now that I think about it, he doesn't have gifs and jits grits and jiffy so i gotta get on him about that yeah you gotta start importing yeah. that you shouldn't have to come all the way back to the states to get some grits come on now right and and i and i think for me the most frustrating part is uh that a lot of these are not trying to find that they're white people standards of, of food and mm. you go oh y'all must be looking at the, the the checklist on what white people buy in mass and just think this is what americans eat and you're like it's more than just white people here i hope y'all mm. know this like and so and i bet you when other people in other parts of the world come here and see our international section they'll be like what the hell is this because <laughs> sure. we probably yeah. do the same thing <laughs> to them yeah if you go to like the local asian market it's like a whole frozen. new it's, it's like, like a whole a, new world it's like a bunch of like microwavable frozen noodles and shit it's like that's i guarantee you that's mm-hmm. not that's not the wave over there <laughs> but um what about um i think i heard adrian say earlier that sweden has a king is that is did i hear you correctly <laughs> <laughs> it's not t'challa but uh um, <laughs> sweden is <laughs> Sweden is what they call a democratic monarchy. Mm. So we do have a royal family, which is symbolic. And um, the um, main primary thing for them, what I've been learning is they go around on a lot of trade missions and sign a lot of deals for Sweden because, you know, they're, they're, they're ambassador, they're like, really upgraded top of the line ambassadors for Sweden for the Swedish way of life or, you know, to do business. Sweden is really well known for innovation, clean energy, you know, these uh, ambitious goals to be completely, completely carbon neutral in mm. you know, 20 years or things like that. Our buses are electric and bio, all of this stuff. So they take that all around the world and do it. Um, so, yeah, they, and he they give out the Nobel prizes, you know, the Nobel except for the Peace Prize that's in Oslo and very ceremonial. 
Um, they come out on National Day, June 6th, in the national, in the traditional clothes. So very, you very rarely hear from them or see them unless it's a gossip magazine. Mm-hmm. So that's why it was impactful when he came on and said, look, this is COVID. This was in March, April, I think, you know, that this is serious. Listen, and we haven't heard from him again. <laughs> you know, he won't come out to the... I don't know if you remember, there was a tsunami in Thailand mm-hmm. in uh, 2000... Some years ago, a few years ago. Five or something, mm-hmm. maybe. And a lot of Swedes go to Thailand for mm-hmm. Christmas. So a lot of Swedes died in that um, resulting tsunami. Mm-hmm. And that had been the last time I heard that the, queen, the king had been on TV when it was kind of like a message to console the nation. Wow. So it took COVID, which, which the nation needed a message. And wow. people must say, if the king says, do it, you better do it. I don't know what would happen if he didn't, but. Mm. Well, I mean. People listen. I mean, it's good that uh, the king is utilizing their powers for good to, to just come out the yeah, house. Yeah, like, and I don't like, need to be around here all the time. Yeah, I, although it makes you wonder about all the times <laughs> that, that it didn't quite get bad enough for him. You know, but it's just like, it's a lot of wildfires over here. He's like, and not yet. Okay, I'm a. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> let's let's see how bad it burns. Yeah, you, we'll you know that way. There were there were a lot of fires here a few years ago. Um, mm-hmm. No, wasn't bad enough for him to get on TV. COVID, this COVID, this the C nineteen is no joke. Mm. And um, you know, people us here are. I've read it in the papers that people in Europe are starting to get COVID fatigue because they mm. have been under lockdown. And I do feel sorry for a lot of people, say in Paris or London, you're in these right. little apartments, mm. you know, these high rises, you know, no front yard, no backyard. You know, I feel lucky that I'm in a house. I got green spaces. But a lot of people, you know, I remember when I lived in Brussels, I was in an apartment, you know, um, I wasn't in a big building, but a lot of people are living cramped. Right. And um, a lot of people have anxiety. A lot of people are in multifamilies in small places, especially in our communities, I know. So um, it's tough. So some people are um, not doing so well in Europe because they did go hard with restrictions. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, hopefully we can just do what we need to do a little while longer and ride it out. Yeah, absolutely. I I know we see it too here, like people just getting fed up. You know, I always say the Instagram stories always tells the truth. You know, it's like uh you go to someone's Instagram stories, they're like, "Oh, just turned twenty nine. It's like at a party with people, and you're like, "Oh, okay, you're, <laughs> you you couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> Finally yeah. got tired. You have had enough, and maybe it's just the the fear of me walking outside and COVID be like, I'm still out here and I just gone back in. Maybe I'm the only one <laughs> seeing COVID out there yeah. with like him and his boys. Like you come out here if you want to, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll be sure to make you sick. Like I see it. Like, and so for me, I don't care how tired I get that I'm that they will stand. They will wait for me. Mm-hmm. to be like i have had enough so not me and i have a question y'all do y'all have amazon i know that might sound wild but oh, do y'all? yes okay. everyone has everyone my god has amazon, <laughs> yeah amazon.de my best friend yeah. karen no karen that wasn't a bad question because amazon is coming to sweden if I want to get something from Amazon now, I have to order from Germany or the UK. But it was like one of the happiest days of my life. I read Amazon and I looked, they're hiring, they're setting stuff up. It's coming to Sweden. And that upsets a lot of people though, because they're like, it's going to close down a lot of small, it is, you know, it businesses is. or, yeah. like, you know what? 
but I want my prime. I want my mm-hmm. free next day shipping. Mm-hmm. And um, I know in Sweden, they're going to get pay, paid a fair wage and have five weeks vacation because that's what every, that's the minimum that everybody gets. They're going to, you know, they can't um, not be in compliance with the, with the country labor laws. Right. So maybe an Amazon worker in Sweden will have it a little better than, one in the states i'm not sure everyone's gonna oh, have yeah. everyone's gonna have amazon it's just it, they're gonna have it on the moon like when we, <laughs> we when we figure out like fucking how to space fair and like use warp holes and stuff that's it's gonna be there like it's, it's it's the board you have no choice yeah and uh with it coming to sweet and you'll be able to order this stuff online now instead of going, going all the way home oh okay. that's where this question came from karen yes. has been trying to solve your grits problem mm-hmm. the entire time it's, she, hasn't, <laughs> you know, she hasn't heard anything else i appreciate that i care let's get the seasonings i'm gonna let you know if they stock you know, because what kind of merchandise are they going to have? That's right. what I, you know, mm. is it going to be catered to the Swedish market or is oh, it, are they going to have, might they have oh, access to have everything? Just like they have, you can buy everything. You can buy American products on Amazon.de, but isn't, isn't Polenta grits also? It is kind of like, it, no, look, it's, it's, it's not, family. The, yeah, it's not the same exactly as grits, but, uh, listen, uh, it'll do. It's, okay? a, it's in the family. They okay. Cousins. Like they, like, like they favor, as we say, uh, <laughs> you know, as we say here in the South where two people kind of look alike, you like, are y'all family? I don't know, but y'all favor Polenta and grits definitely favor each other. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They favor. Yeah, I don't. I don't eat grits, but, um, which I know people can hate on me or whatever, but I have trauma as a child being fed, uh, cream of wheat, oatmeal and grits. And so I don't need any wet, damp, well, okay. Hot cereal. First of all, sorry. You don't need to be throwing cream of wheat and, uh, and, uh, oatmeal <laughs> in here with us. That's, that's not, that's not the same as grits, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That don't got nothing to do with grits. They okay? are not related. That is not, that is not grits business. Um, but, uh, that's what they I used, all say until you eat them and then you're like, oh, they all taste nasty. Mm-mm. So I used to be, I used to be traumatized by grits when I was a kid because my grandmother, you know uh she would make these big breakfasts and um by the time everything was ready the grits would be cold and i would never eat cold grits <laughs> it, it it like my like the texture is too nasty to me and my family's think i was so stink they'd be like why are you so picky with these grits i was like look at these grits this is like a it is now the shape of the bowl but um <laughs> but you know and also like i just didn't under, i didn't understand the labor yeah, at the and, time and cream of wheat's are nasty too i didn't understand the labor at the time that yes. it was that my grandma was making like literally eight different things at the same time so you might have to put some water in the grits and stir them up again like like <laughs> at the, and we didn't and at the time also we didn't have um a microwave yet so mm-hmm. she used to have to take the grits for just for me and put it back in and there. she would remake the grits just for me and then it would be delicious but oh. it was because she loved you yeah but it was like a finite period of time that grits oh. were good is what i'm saying uh but at the same time she would never besmirch the table with oatmeal or cream of wheat she would never do something to traumatize yeah. me like um, that so. so i understand cream you wheat. being traumatized well, you know i have to stand up for cream of wheat my mom likes no. cream of wheat with half mm. and half 
that's like her um, little thing before she goes to bed. She's like, because I'm getting too skinny. I'm too skinny. So she'll have like a little thing of cream of wheat with half and half. Um, I don't have any bad memories with any of those things. Oatmeal cooked properly is mm-hmm. great. Still you know, nasty. Um, but... They don't really have oatmeal here. Again, that would be something. They have something. It's always something similar. Right. Close you know, enough. Not exactly the yeah. same thing. This is the real. This, this is the real divide in the Democratic Party right now. Okay? <laughs> right. Like we, this is where we need to be having the debates. I can't wait until this is like the the biggest scandals ever. Yeah, this is the this is the discussion. This is these are the questions that the media is afraid to ask. Come out uh, between big oatmeal, big grits, and big uh, cream of wheat. Okay, we need to get to these discussions <laughs> so that we can get on the same yeah. page. <laughs> okay. Oh, real Rock, really? I, I don't question? like breakfast can foods. Question? That's it. Mm. Oh, what were you gonna say, Adrian? I'm sorry. Uh, but Angela, I was going to remember we were in Tokyo. That breakfast food in Japan has a whole nother spin on what mm. breakfast food is. Ooh. They like savory breakfasts. Mm. Yeah. Learn to like um, fish. <laughs> for every yeah, meal. it was a completely breakfast, different lunch, dinner, You look at me like, what is that? All the time, <laughs> raw, cooked. It doesn't matter. I, the breakfasts were okay. It's just that I never, you know, they always say. People in Japan eat a lot of fish, but then you don't really think that they really mean it. Like it's in every meal. Mm-hmm. Like doesn't matter what you're eating, it's something with fish in it. So I sometimes. Yeah. But you know what, Angela? What was that that they had at McDonald's? What kind of it was oh, a fish? That play. was no. It was a lobster was burger. Oh my god! It was so good. That was good. Wow. It was so good. It was lobster, a, a roll of lobster on a bun with some kind of sauce and tomatoes and lettuce, and it was, it was excellent. Good. See, we be cheated here in the states. I and tell that was McDonald's. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Um, McDonald's has sometimes to I just sometimes I just go on YouTube and look at like how like Japanese omelets and stuff like that. And just mm-hmm. be like, yo, they they making it a completely different way over there. So uh, one day, hopefully, we get over mm-hmm. there and uh, get to try it for ourselves. That's the goal. The COVID go away. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so, but you know what? Oh, Answer the probably in in um well you know what Rod I wanted to ask when I was gone into the abyss I know you started asking Angela why and Karen is like she's a vote shamer but mm-hmm. like why some people don't vote and I don't know if Angela was able got a chance to tell you that a lot of Americans just don't abroad don't even know that they can vote mm-hmm. and that's she probably got it she getting I just wanted to make sure oh, no, she had a US passport yeah she wasn't able to get into abroad. that but go ahead okay yeah, because for example, you know, what if I had um, kids here in Sweden, mm-hmm. and they never lived in the U.S. And you know, as long as I did everything I needed to do with the embassy and make sure they had their passports, they're American citizens. They can still vote, even if you've not lived in the U.S. There are a lot mm-hmm. of dual citizens, um, especially in the Americas, in, in Mexico and in Latin America, that are dual citizens. And English may not even be their first language. Vote from abroad.org forward slash ES is our voting website for Spanish speakers. Mm. But a lot of people think that, um, or I've been out of the States too long. You know, I'm not mm. connected. I don't really know what's going on. You know, ballopedia.com or, you know, do your research. It's your Americans that live abroad are required to file taxes. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you necessarily have to pay, but we have to file taxes. If our sons turn 18, 
that were born abroad and live abroad, they have to register for selective service. Mm -hmm. You know, we have all these requirements and obligations in American citizenship. So it's our right and duty to vote as well. So Mm -hmm. no one is too disconnected. If as long as, unless you gave up your American citizenship, then you, you wouldn't expect to, that you would have the right to vote. But as long as you're an American citizen anywhere in the world, didn't we read about that astronauts that voting from the space station? That's right. There's astronauts voting from space. So you can vote too, wherever you are. Yeah, um, it's very simple. Well, look, this has been. Uh, I think somebody said ballotready.org. I'm sorry, Rod. It's no, a go good ahead. place to, to research the candidates. Thanks for that, because I didn't. I wasn't aware of that resource. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, we're seeing a lot of just like 2016 got Angela involved, and even though she always voted, right. she knew that there must be other Americans around here somewhere right. doing something. I think that this is the year 2020 that all the people that were maybe <clears throat> sat out 2016 for whatever reason, apathy, disappointment with mm-hmm. the candidate or thinking that this was a sure thing, mm-hmm. how it was going to go. I think that they have, they need, they know now if they're not propelled to the skate, to the, to the Angela likes to really get on them when I, when, you know, mm-hmm. with, if I bring up this point, but if you, I can't think of one reason why any American abroad would not vote now right. because we are embarrassed to walk around um but, but it's more it's even, more than that you know, behind a mask it's something it's it's more than that it's not just a matter of whether you're embarrassed because quite honestly i can manage a few you know disdainful looks from germans mm. like that's not going to kill me but People think that they, oh, I live outside of the United States, so I can hide, and these problems aren't going to bother me. But it's not true. We're like the United States is kind of uh, everywhere, and Mm -hmm. we're doing everything, and we're in everybody's business. Mm -hmm. And sooner or later, you're going to need a new passport. And then you'll really have to interact with the United States government. And they've already started with people who are trans mm-hmm. messing with them with their passports, you know, about how if this isn't your birth name or mm-hmm. some other crazy madness, you know, that they can't give you a passport. It's so even you can't uh, hide from all of this. Even children born on military bases, they're trying to change some of the um, laws for like yes. for that overseas. Like it does affect people uh, eventually down the line, uh, even when you think it can't. I think that's one of the lessons that's come from 2016 is how big um these decisions can get when you when you assume that there's a baseline and someone's like no there's not a baseline we're gonna change everything so uh hopefully people are more activated can you tell people once more time one more time like where to go uh because i think we have like a minute and a half left before we get cut off by the session so like tell everybody where to go to find uh to find you and uh to to vote over, over overseas uh, if you would like to find us, you can go to democratsabroad.org and slash join to join or democratsabroad.org slash BC to find out more about the Global Black Caucus and join. If you're an overseas American, you can go to votefromabroad.org to request an absentee ballot or register to vote. Uh, hurry up, y'all, because time is really running out. And I just want to give a plug for I Will Vote. If you look, if you live in the United States, go to IWillVote.com and register to vote or verify that you are registered to vote because Republicans will purge you mm-hmm. without even a second thought. Yep. So. And, of course, and if you're you going to be 18, us, by the, yeah. 
You can follow us say, on Facebook and Instagram. Now. Yeah. Even if you're 17 now, but going to be 18 by November 3rd, register to vote. It's your you first go. time. Do it. Um, I've seen pictures of somebody 110 putting her ballot in the poll. She was PPE geared up. You know, it's, this is um, take somebody to the poll, help somebody make a plan. First plan is to register to vote. If you haven't already, request your ballot. If you're overseas, request it to come by email. If you already requested your ballot to come by mail and it hasn't come, send in the federal emergency write-in absentee ballot. Um, because it's less than, what is it, 24 days? But if you go to democratsabroad.org, if you want to help on how to do a FOB, uh, or if you want to find out, if you need help about requesting a ballot, if you go there, we have links and we have live help um, on all day Sunday, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. There's online, one-on-one help that people can help you. Um it's a Zoom conference. You just jump into the link, and then people are there to help you with whatever problems you have about voting. Um, don't delay. Please hurry. And, gosh, I'm so thankful that you guys had us on. I oh. really appreciate it. No, thank you for coming on. Mm-hmm. We really do appreciate the work yeah, that y'all do. And uh, hopefully, you know, our audience has been educated by this and uh, people that are overseas specifically because uh, like I said our podcast goes all over the world hopefully they're like oh here's this avenue where I can help stay politically involved because if you listen to the show there's no way you're not hearing all these politics we talk about so you can stay politically involved and active and connected and I think you also provide a, a place for people to feel connection in a world that says like well once you're not in these borders you don't count you know right. and so now they can uh and uh apparently we just discovered you can go over two hours in crowdcast so that's nice um yes. that's <laughs> we, okay we didn't plan uh, to discover awesome. that normally it just cuts us off it's like bye so uh but but yeah i do we're special yeah but yeah, thank you you know we're this is the international edition special edition um but yeah i i think like the work y'all are doing is so dope and uh you know it's one of those things where we do the show we're like it's a comedy show it's funny blah blah blah. but you know times like this is like listen uh anything we can do to help get the word out uh get, <laughs> like we gotta do it so we appreciate y'all coming on and uh y'all, your stories are, are are so dope and um and we also got to learn about international Mm-hmm. Can I ask you? Could, do you all have mail-in voting and early voting in North Carolina? What's yours voting? What we is have, your voting plan? So we have mail-in ballots. We already requested ours. We got them, but we're actually planning to go and early vote like we always do in person. Mm-hmm. We're just going to wear masks and social distance. Uh, our early voting in North Carolina starts October fifteenth, mm-hmm. so we'll probably go like the sixteenth because I've been looking on online and it seems like everyone state the first day. It's like a line around the door and then you go the next day and it's like you can walk right in and out. So I'm just gonna wait, wait, I'm just gonna wait like a day or two and then walk over, walk over right in and out like we always do. But, uh, that's our plan. Uh, and then of course, if, uh, all else fails, like if something happens where, uh, on the 15th or 16th where there's really like, uh, any complications with voting in person, then we would, uh, 
fill out our ballots and then we're going to drive to the actual drop-off place instead of putting them in the mail Correct. and drop our ballots yes. off my parents already did it my mom sent me the picture and everything so um that's our plan i think everyone needs to have a voting plan um mm-hmm just in case yes. man and i'm telling y'all uh if you can avoid it do not wait to the day of okay right. uh especially if you're black and especially if you're in the south they be playing tricks on voting day okay mm-hmm. like the machines went and, down uh, they uh, didn't have the car <laughs> yeah stacy ship them all like stacy <laughs> abrams should be governor right now yes. you know andrew yes. gillum should probably yes. be governor. Yes so like don't play with it if you have the uh privilege or the advantage to be able to make a plan and do it before then do it before even if it is mail or whatever so hopefully you know i just want us to win in november Mm y'all so um all right well thank y'all so much for coming on and uh like i said it was it was fun and i hope we get some people registered i hope we get some people overseas involved mm-hmm. i hope y'all particularly overseas get, get involved some, i hope yes. y'all get some get some involved people, you know because we're uh, y'all right now the 52nd state i believe you said and uh look i hopefully we get puerto rico and dc we get up to 54 uh <laughs> like we we got to do everything all hands on deck and uh even and I, the one thing i did want to add uh because i think right now in this moment uh, it's almost like going unsaid but even if biden wins it's still a fight every day yes it is so this is I'm not sorry. this is not us being like oh if biden wins we can finally relax and there we go got mission accomplished <laughs> like there's so many things that still need to happen <laughs> in this country in this world that go beyond just whether or not the president is a democrat but the president being a democrat is a big first step for a lot of the things i would like to see happen in this world so all right y'all we'll be back tomorrow until then i love you i love you too bye bye everybody Bye.